Well, welcome. This is WNZN Radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. Once again, we're very thankful that you tuned in. I'm sitting here with my good friend and assistant, David Abood. Hey, Jan, great David to be Abood. here with you. Great time, great time of the year. Yes. And you know, uh, you know, we don't often say it, but I think around Thanksgiving time, we should be so thankful for our audience. Oh, heck the yeah. The people that tune yes, in on a regular are. basis. Absolutely. And for the station, you know, Mark Ballard and everybody there that puts these things together. Yes. And, uh, I just thank God that we have the microphone, we have this platform, and I know that uh, it goes quite a bit, you know, yeah. with... Uh, music and praise worship and interviews and people that are uh, different teachers are on throughout the course of the week on WNZN. So we are grateful and yes. very thankful to God for that. We sure the opportunity. are. But um, I also want to say to our listenership, if you have any problems uh, weather-wise or anything with static uh, in receiving this uh, radio program, just live stream us. Just live stream us on your iPad. Uh, I, lo- I use Alexa when I'm home on a Saturday uh, it's really clear. But anyhow, having said that, uh, oh, the other thing I want to mention is that all our shows are archived. I think, what do we have, 70, David? Oh, we, yeah, it's growing so every, every year. I think it goes back, yeah. I don't know, several years. But my son, Michael, has done that for us. Yes. You, they're all titled and dated. You simply go to john1421.com. That's www.john1421.com. Mm-hmm. And look on the left side. And you'll see a list that you just kind of scroll down and find the show you want. They're titled and dated. And, um, you know, that's really nice to have all that stuff. Oh, it sure is. Yeah, we're very grateful for Mike, too, for all the work he puts in to get these shows on the podcast. So, you know, as we come to the close of the year here, David, especially around Christmas time, you know, our thoughts go. Even unbelievers think about uh, Jesus or something about the, the Bible at this particular time of the year with Christmas carols and everything. And we, we think, you know, where Jesus says, as my Father has sent me, even so I send you. And so we don't often think about that God the Father sent his mm-hmm. only Son into the world, you know, through a perfect right. sinless life. Yeah. His death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension. And now we have that salvation. But he also says in John chapter 20, as my Father has sent me, even so I send you. Yes. That, that sending... And, and it's a good time of the year to think about missionaries it that sure over is. the course of uh, the past 2,000 yeah. years have gone to the four corners of the earth. And we have right. a special guest today, Penny Hood, uh, as a missionary uh, serving with Worldwide Evangelization Crusade. She's going to be talking to us today about a, really a miracle story of how they were able to get this headquarter training center oh, in yeah. Fort Washington, Pennsylvania. And uh, her and her family and uh, have lived up there and ministered up there and prepared missionaries to go into well over 50 countries around the world. Man, unbelievable. The so we're going to yeah. hear a story. Mm-hmm. We've had, like, how many missionaries this past year? I'd at least say, five? I, I'd five, say five, at least five. five I, six, I thought seven, it might yeah. even have been higher Red than Mark. that. So yeah. we're, we're very honored and blessed to have Penny. So, Hallie Penny, how are you? Hey, John, I'm fine. How are you? Very good. Hey, it's coming in clear. How about that? Okay, thank God for that. <laughs> so, Penny, we told a little about uh, about your life and your ministry. I think you'd been on many, many months ago, but now you're going to look more specifically at uh, the WEC uh, facility there in Fort Washington, Pennsylvania. But before we start that, maybe tell us a little about you and how did you end up there, uh, you and your husband and your three boys. How did you end up there uh, being part of this whole missionary sending process? Okay, well, um, it was an interesting story. 
So we we lived in the, a couple of hours from here. My husband was working full time in a at a print company, and I was at home with our children. And we both individually just kept hearing the Lord saying that He had something different for us. That He had some kind of full time ministry for us. But neither one of us really knew what that would be because. I'm a writer, editor, teacher, and he's uh, he worked in maintenance. He's very good at building and fixing anything. And so we did not see that as fitting into to full-time ministry. I mean, we thought of full-time ministry as being, you know, preachers and doctors and, you know, those kind of positions. So we, we didn't know what in the world would be out there, but um, we both felt this way. And so um, we're, our personalities are so different that we say when we when we both agree on something, we know it's coming from God. So mm. we figured we better look into it. So we just began to look around and um, and we found, yes, that God can use any skills that he that his his um, his mission to reach the world includes people doing pretty much anything. And so as we were searching, we found out about WEC, which is Worldwide Evangelization for Christ, and that they were trying to reach the unreached people of the world. A lot of missions agencies are reaching out to people who already have heard about Jesus and they're continuing that work. But WEC's uh, focus is really to find those who have never heard the name of Jesus and, and to go to them. And so that's, that's our heart's desire as well. So we... Um, yeah, so we came down to visit WEC, and we just heard so many stories of God's provision and how God was working around the world uh, to reach people with, with his gospel, and we were really blessed um, and wanted to be a part of this. And so um, it's interesting how you started out, um, John, you were talking about uh, Jesus saying, you know, as you, as God said, you know, to his father, as, as you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world, and this morning here at WEC, we had a, a half day of prayer. We're celebrating that we have four families finishing their missionary training and going out. Uh, we'll have a big celebration of that Friday night, but today we had a time of prayer for them and the people they hope to reach. And that was what we talked about. You know, we were, we were talking about um, Jesus coming and how the incarnation, it is, I, never, I never cease to be amazed by that. And it was such a privilege to lead that time of worship and prayer. And to just think about, you know, he came here, he, he set aside heaven and came here, taking on flesh so that he could save us. And then he says, I send you. And so there's a, a, a neat parallel there. And we think about it, we're sending out our candidates. Now they're going out to countries where they don't know the language. They're going to have to depend on other people. They're helpless in some ways, just like the baby Jesus was when he came. But yet they're full of the power of God and able to fulfill the work he's planned for them to do. And so we're just so excited to see how that's going to work. This, this whole season of Christmas, would it be okay if I just read a quick poem? Because it's sure. something that I shared this morning and that is just so much on my heart. Um, it's called Let the Stable Still Astonish by Leslie Leyland Fields. Let the stable still astonish. Straw dirt floor, dull eyes, dusty flanks of donkeys, oxen, crumbling crooked walls, no bed to carry that pain. And then the child, rag-wrapped, laid to cry in a trough. Who would have chosen this? Who would have said, yes, let the God of heaven and earth be born in this place? Who but the same God who stands in the darker, fouler rooms of our hearts and says, yes, let the God of heaven and earth be born in this place?
And as I just think of that and just the way that that he's humbled himself and has given all to serve us, to serve us. And then he sends us out in the same way. That is what REC is all about. Well, That's what we're here for. Wow. And so this year, we celebrated 70 years of serving here from the WEC USA headquarters in Fort Washington, Pennsylvania. And um, it's been an interesting 70 years when we bought this property. It was literally falling apart. Yeah. Um, there, it had been uninhabited for three years, and there was a, a train stop really near here. And so um, hobos, vagrants would get off of the, the train and come up and stay in the, in the main building here, which we call the castle because it looks like a castle. Mm-hmm. And it had been really torn apart. Um, only eight of the 120 windows were still intact. Um, a lot of the fireplaces had been torn apart and then burned for fire to keep people warm. There was, there were, with all the missing windows and there were leaks in the roof, there was snow piled high in the middle of the, of the floors. And it was a disaster. So when, when we first came to the property to see, is this something God has that he wants to use as a part of WEC? Um, could this be the new, you know, North American sending days? Well, there were, were mixed feelings about that, as you can imagine, because on one hand, it was a big property, and um, there were lots of potential, but on the other hand, lots of work. It reminds me of the first day that Brian and I came here to just meet people and find out about WEC, and we walked into the castle, and so I'm a writer, so you know I'm always looking for the inspiring things. Brian is a maintenance man, so he is fixing things, so we oh, walk into the, the castle, and I said, oh... Honey, look how beautiful this is. And he said, Oh, honey, look how much work this is going to take. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> Penny, can you tell a little <laughs> can you tell a little about for our, our listeners the history in terms of what was the castle and what was that whole area up there about before Wet got it in nineteen fifty two? Absolutely. So um, it's very a very historical property. Uh, in 1777, George Washington was here with his troops, and they encamped here for the winter. And because we're up on a hill, and they could see into Philadelphia, and so Whoa. they could keep track of the British troops, and and they were able to, um, you know, to really keep tabs on them because of the the view from here. And then they marched from here to Valley Forge. That's amazing. um, It is. Yeah. And and then um, more recently, the the property was built by the daughter of A.J. Drexel, who was, um, you know, the Drexel University. Right. Drexel University and also the J.P. Morgan Company. So their daughter uh, built this with her husband. They built this as their summer home. Um, They began that in 1882. And so it was... um, yeah, it was just, they they built it up and it was their home, but they also used it for a lot of to, to bless a lot of people, and um, they traveled around the world. But they also, when they were here, they would have um, needy children come in the summer. They would do camps here at Christmas. They would have them come and they would give presents to each one of them. And um, there was a, an article about them once that said that um, Camp Hill was the core of their family and their lives and. That's still true today for WEC here. Um, it's the it's the core of our family and our ministry. Um, the for, former WEC USA director Alfred Rusko said, "You cannot evangelize the world without a strong home base." Wow. And this and today this is a home to a family of volunteers who have given their lives and their resources to share the good news of life in Jesus Christ and uh, and the peace and freedom that only He can bring. And so we go across the world. We go across the streets. <laughs> 
because we're, you know, we are a worldwide um, mission. And so we do serve all over the world, but we also um, are trying to reach out to the people who are displaced. There's so many, God is really bringing the world to our foot, you know, to break right to our doorstep. Right. Um, because so many people are coming uh, from from places they've been displaced from coming here. So we're, we're doing a lot of things in the United States as well. So, um, yeah, but the property um, is continuing to grow. And um, what I love, John, is, and I, I touched on this in our 70th anniversary celebration, is that, when, like I said, when, they, when we bought this property, it was very broken, and they had to fix it. And, and God also filled it with broken people. I mean, yeah. I think that's something that Brian and I didn't realize our skills could be used, but also I think people need to realize that their backgrounds can be used as well, and that that there's no perfect people. There are no perfect people, and there are no perfect people in WAC. And yet, God has used what C.T. said would call Christ etc. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, to to reach the world. And we've had such a privilege here of training and sending out and serving hundreds of missionaries. And we just, you know, we really want to glorify God and just make him known among the least reached peoples of the world. Now, you mentioned C.T. Studd. Maybe you can yes. expand on that for our people. That, that uh, this, was, this, this is a missionary that was quite legendary. I mean, mm-hmm. and you'll hear yeah. Penny tell his story. Please, Penny. Yeah, sure. So, um, so C.T. Studd, yes, was a very, he was actually a famous guy in England. He was known as the... The uh, England's greatest cricketer. He was a very good athlete. Um, he and he was wealthy. His family was was were um, his parents were very wealthy. They left in a great inheritance to him. And he once said that um, going to church and reading the Bible felt like having a toothache. Uh, that's how inspired he was when he was young. And then later he said, once once the Holy Spirit broke through, it became the joy of his life. And he one of the things that was used in his life was just someone straight up saying to him, are you actually a Christian? And he said, well, I go to church. No, do you know the power of Jesus Christ? Do you know that you have salvation? And so um, that person led him to Christ. And then after that, he wanted to do the same for other people. And so he and um, other classmates, they were called the Cambridge Seven, so there were six other guys who went with them. They went to China originally, this was before WAC, but they went to China, then later they went to India, and then um, when C.T. Studd was older, he was uh, in his 50s, and he had lots of health issues. He had gotten a lot of diseases in both China and India, and so he had a lot of health issues. Some people would say he was close to his death, but he heard about the great need, um, that there were so many people in Africa who had never heard the gospel, and he just felt that he had to go, Um, and so he asked the Lord, please, send me, send me there. Well, not everyone thought that it was a good idea. His doctor said he shouldn't go. Um, He couldn't really get uh, people to support him. Some people had said that they would support him and then change their minds because they thought it was too dangerous for him. Um, And so, but he said, well, I'll be a mission agent. I'll be sent by a mission agency of one, God. And so he said, I'm supposed to go. So I'm going to go. So in 1913, he went to Africa and on his way there, he felt that the Lord was saying to him, this journey is not just for the heart of Africa, but for the whole unevangelized world. And so, um, interestingly, because he had already been in China and India and, and gotten a lot of the diseases there, and his body had, had somewhat recovered from them, but, but he, um, 
he was able to survive those diseases, whereas a lot of younger people who were going, and even people going into the Congo where he was for gold, were dying very quickly because their bodies couldn't handle it. But because of all he had been through in his past um, service, he was able to survive and to stay there and work. I think he was there for 18 years. And his vision that this was going to become for the whole unevangelized world has become a reality. So what he had called at the time that he was going to Africa, he called it the Heart of Africa Mission. And later that became WEC. And then, um, and it's, and we're an international mission that continues to spread the gospel all over the world. And right now we have 2,000 workers coming from 69 countries and ministering in 90 countries. And so actually, so we've been here, WEC USA has been at this site for 70 years, but next year will be 110 years of WEC uh, ministering around the world. And God has just done so much and we're so grateful, so very grateful. And one of the reasons I'm, I'm happy to be on here to celebrate that and all God has done, but also just to remind people that there's still so much to be done. I, I really don't think that people realize the magnitude of what is left to do. There are still three, over three billion people living in unreached people groups with little or no access to the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's over 41% of the world population. And as I said before, most missionary work is being done among people who have already have access to the gospel. So we want to reach those who don't have access. And we're inviting those who are listening to join us in that work. Um, Jesus told his disciples, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything he commanded. And Jesus promised that he would be with us to always to the very end of the age. And he calls us, each of us, to be disciples, to go, to send, to pray, like we're all supposed to be a part of this. So we're here to help people figure out how God wants to use them in doing that. And if it's okay, I'll just share the contact information for WEX if people are interested. So if anyone, um, well, first our website is WEX-USA.org. And you can go on there. There's, there, uh, there's, um, you can go under send for, or serve. And there's opportunity, you know, it has a listing of opportunities around the world. It has a listing of opportunities right here at the Sendy base because we need helpers to continue this work, um, to, to go on. Um, or you can write to contact.us at WEC-USA.org. Also, we will be at Urbana this year, which we're super excited about. So anyone out there who is going to be at Urbana, please look us up while you're there. Explain Urbana, Penny. Okay, so Urbana is a large um, missions conference that happens every three years. And... Um, it's basically for young people, for college students, young people to come. At high, there will be some high school students there as well to just come and explore what is it um, that God wants to do with their life. There's um, lots of missions agencies will be represented there. There are speakers. And the, the whole point is to help people to explore how they can use their lives for the Lord. In fact, our motto is taken, uh, our motto for this year is taken from a poem by C.T. Studd, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Right. And so that's our motto for, for Urbana this year. And that's what we want to do. We're hoping to get to talk to a lot of people about what they want to do with their one precious life that they've been given and how they can use it uh, to glorify God and to help other people uh, know him and live victoriously here and then have eternal life with him in heaven. So that's, we're excited about that. That's good. That's excellent. That's a huge crowd out there, too. I mean, yeah. I mean, people coming from around the world, all mission minded. Yeah. yeah. Yes, and they said they get between ten and sixteen thousand people. So, yeah. 
I've been there. <laughs> so you, you, know, uh, you know, Penny, one of the other quotes I remember seeing, I think it was over the dining room table at WEC, and Jan brings this up a lot, is uh, C.T. Studd's other main quote, is if Jesus Christ is God and died for me, then no sacrifice can be too great for me to make for him. Um, yeah. Because he gave up all of his money. I, how, how did all that go? He really took yeah. all of his wealth and, and gave it to the, you know, to the people that needed it. Right. So when he, um, he had a large inheritance from his father, but he wanted to go into missions depending on the Lord alone. And so he gave away his money. He gave yeah. a, a large chunk of money to uh, D.L. Moody. Moody Bible Institute was begun with, um, with uh, C.T. Studd's money. Huh. He gave to, uh, I believe, William Booth of the Salvation Army. And the interesting thing is he, ke he kept a, a portion of his money to give to his wife as a wedding present and said that she could spend it however she wanted, you know, setting up their home, whatever. Uh, but when they got married, she said to him, no, I want to start this right. We said we were going to be completely dependent on God. And so she, too, gave away all that he had given to her. So they went completely dependent on the Lord. And God provided over and over and over again, even... Um, just amazing things like C.T. said was having um, major dental, uh, he needed dental um, care. He was having a lot of problems with his teeth, and he did not want, he was a very passionate man. He never wanted to leave the work, you know, he wanted to work. And so someone had, had recommended that he go back to England to get some dental care, and he said, if God wants me to have dental care, he'll send a dentist to me. Sure enough, God spoke to someone, <laughs> a dentist, and said, he needs your help and the dentist went to him and without CT said ever having asked for that. So the Lord is always at work and has been doing that a lot. And David, you asked if I would share um, some stories of, of God's power and some miracles, some God's provision and things um, yeah. during, uh, during this time. And it's Christmas time. We should talk about some of those things, right? Uh huh. So, yes, absolutely. Share a couple really precious stories. Um, Helen Rosevere was a missionary doctor with WEC, and she served um, in Africa. And she shared this really special story about one time when a mother uh, died in childbirth, but the baby survived. But the baby was very weak, and they really needed um, the baby needed to have like a hot water bottle, you know, to, right, right near it to keep it warm and. They didn't have, you know, they don't have what we have here in our NICUs and everything. It was very primitive what they had to work with. So they got out the hot water bottle and it burst. And um, Helen thought, this is the last one. And if I, even if I try to order one to be sent here, it'll never come in time. And so she gathered the children together to pray for this little baby. Mm. And uh, so the mom died and the little baby survived. And there was also a young girl, yeah. a sister, a sister's baby. So... So she gathered the ch some children together to pray, and one of the little girls who was praying prayed that they would that a hot water bottle would come today. And she also said, "Would you please send a, a baby doll for this little girl who <laughs> lost her mommy, so she won't be yeah. sad?" Yeah. And so Helen was sitting there thinking, "How in the world, you know, that even if someone sent it today, it would take forever to get to me." Well, that day, when she uh, went back to her, her apartment, there was a box that had been sent quite a while ago and had arrived. And when she opened it up, what do you imagine she found in that box? There were many things, <laughs> yeah. but among them was a hot water bottle and one baby doll. Wow. And yeah. it's just like the Praise Lord is yep. just so good and attentive. 
Um, yes, and then also I, I want to share a story about, you know, Jesus is the light of the world. I would like to share a story about that. Um, the one apartment that we lived in, um, I was having, while we were living in it, I was just having horrific nightmares. And just this kept going on and on. And we had mentioned it to our directors and, and they told us that other people who had lived in that apartment had, had some issues as well. And so they said they would come and have a prayer walk with us through the apartment. And so they came over with, a, with several other people. I think there were maybe eight of us all together. And they came in and Lewis, Lewis Sutton was our director at the time. And they came in and Lewis, as we went through the apartment, we prayed in every room and we prayed about whatever happened in that room. So if it was someone's bedroom, prayed for the person in the kitchen. And Lewis anointed, like, or, no, I don't know if that's the right word, but he put oil, like a shape of a cross above the doors and windows. And he just claimed that, you know, that this was God's property and that no evil spirit should be in there. And was just, we were praying through the apartment. So we get into our bedroom and that's where all the nightmares were happening. And so they began to pray about that. And as we were praying, we all just kind of gasped at the same time because we literally saw this darkness rise up out of the bedroom. And uh, it was it was amazing to just see that happen. And in fact, um, Lewis had recommended that we not have our children at home while we do this because we weren't sure, you know, when you're doing <laughs> when you're fighting spiritual warfare, you, you know, you're not, you're not always sure what's going to happen. So he had recommended that. So we had a friend take them for a little while. And when our friend brought them back, one of our boys said to Brian, oh, daddy, did you put new lights in here? It's so bright. Whoa. So it was just a visible. Wow. It was so visible. Um, what, what, what God had done. Yeah. What, what was the prayer <clears throat> that you guys did? You put oil above all the doors in, in the uh, house. And what was the prayer that you folks did? Well, it's been a little while, so I'm not sure exactly exactly what it was, but I do remember that Lewis was praying and just claiming the property was mm-hmm. Christ and that no evil was allowed in there. I and, see. You know, so and we prayed verses, we sang praise because you know, praise is a weapon yeah. against the enemy. So we sang praise songs declaring God's power and yeah, it was such a beautiful moment. Um, wow. And you know, God God is doing that all the time. Um, he just constantly provides. It's it's amazing. Like all the all the workers, you know, no one here gets paid. Um, everyone um, is volunteered. Where everybody's supported through churches or individuals. And the way that God works and moves, just like you know, God sending a dentist for a CT stud, and um, he he does so many amazing things. Oh, I'll tell you another miracle story that you will love. And this is. Uh, God takes care of, of MKs, that's for sure, missionary kids, that's for sure. Um, one of our missionaries, Dwight Land, was sharing a story about when he worked here on the hill in the print shop, because we had a print shop at one point, we, we printed Bibles and magazines and all sorts of things for the glory of God, and so he was working here, um, and the bus came at the bottom of the hill every day to pick up the kids, and one of the adults would walk them down there, and so usually they would walk them down, and when they got to the bottom of the driveway... Um, once the bus stopped across the street, the kids would run across to get on. They, and, and this day, he said, um, the bus stopped, opened the door, and the kids started to run. And all of a sudden, they all stopped as if some invisible hand just stopped them. And all of a sudden, a car just went racing past between them and the school bus. And he, he said it was just so obvious that, that and, you know, the Lord had sent an angel to just stop the children and protect them all because they, they all would have been, you know, hit by that car. So he just continues to work miracles here and around the world. 
And we're so, and of course, the greatest miracle is that, you know, the miracle he does in people's hearts and minds. And it is just so thrilling to hear about people who used to walk in darkness coming to know the light of the world. And then in turn, going out with, with, a, um, you know, with that truth. And so over these 70 years, we've been, we've been growing a lot. Um, we went from 450 missionaries in 1952 to over 2,000 missionaries now. Yeah. We were working in 27 countries then. We're working in 90 countries now. Wow, and 90. Also, um, yeah, and, from, and our missionaries come from 60 countries. And um, one of my coworkers, Dave Smith, shared something the other day that I just thought was so beautiful. This is sort of a miracle also, if you think about it. He said that um, someone was talking to him one day and just um, and said, you know, you're you that can't work. What can't work? You can't work internationally because you won't agree with each other. He said, but we do. We agree on the basics. And um, and also, he was told you can't because you're international. That'll never work with 60 nationalities trying to work together. But he said part of our candidate training is to come to understand and respect their differences and see how we fit together. And so. Um, yeah, so he said, well, I guess here we are coming up on 110 years of not working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and also, uh, people say the same thing about our financial policy. They always say, that can't work because we're a non-soliciting nonprofit organization. Penny, so we Penny. don't work like, we follow what C.T. Studd, uh, his plan was that we just trust in the Lord to provide. Obviously, we're supported through individuals and churches, and we do let them know what we're doing. But we don't send out, you know, soliciting letters. We trust the Lord to provide for us. Now that's called uh, in back in the 1800s, a faith mission. And Hudson Taylor and others, uh, as well as C.T. Studd, ascribed to that. But it's very interesting, David. To this day, yeah. people ask me, and a businessman, right. well, how does that quote unquote work? And as Penny described, <laughs> uh, it is really a unique feature because. One of the reasons, just on a practical level, when we would go into these countries, like third world countries with yeah. no access or little access ah. to the Bible, you could not train new pastors and elders and tell them, send out 100 newsletters to supporters in the villages around you because they didn't. So we live by faith that they might live by faith. And oftentimes these pastors would work a part-time job and then right. for part-time support. But they started learning faith principles. But you can describe that, Penny, how the, that WEC is built on four pillars. But one of them is what's known as this faith pillar. As Penny says, you don't send out letters. You, If you're preaching a sermon at a visiting church, you can't say, oh, by the way, I need right 30% more of my income. But... I mean, the property itself is a, is a is a miracle of God's oh, gosh, provision. Never, yeah. Because today, oh, yeah. I don't. It's valued at millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. Go on, Penny. And, and you should talk about Penny yeah. about how you how you folks came up with tax monies owed and other things for the facility after you acquired it, even to fix it up. That was a miracle in and of itself. Oh yeah, unbelievable the way that God works things out. Because WEC um, also doesn't doesn't uh, want any debt. Right. But the WEC USA, they, they did take out a mortgage on this. They were thinking, well, it's collateral because we have the property. But yet they wanted to get out of, you know, be, be out of the debt as fast as they could. And the Lord just provided so much. First of all, this property, if you can think it was 60 acres and all these, you know, stone buildings, big castle and everything for $60,000. So even in 1952, that was a steal. It was, it was, it was marketed at 150000 but when Mrs. Dykelman, who owned the property, saw that it was going for a missions agency, she lowered the price. So we get the property, 
And then God just kept doing things, selling this, selling that, you know, and bringing in the money that we needed. In fact, the uh, the township said they needed to take a chunk of our property in order to uh, put through a road. And so someone at WEC said, quote, said well, $5,000 is what we'll take for it. And the township was like going to just grab that really quickly. But when, when they actually did some research, um, they asked for 15000 But it actually ended up that... Um, Enough information came in about the property and everything that they ended up getting $28,000 for that strip of land. And that they then put gave to Mrs. Zeichelman for the, towards the property and then other things. So there was a building project they needed, um, they needed topsoil. And so they paid us to come take topsoil off of part of the property that we weren't even using. And so it's just, he just keeps doing that and doing that and providing all of those things, you know, and even recently, mm-hmm. uh, we had to have, a boiler replaced in the basement. It went out in the castle in the middle of winter. Brian, my husband is the director of maintenance here. He had been intending to fix it in the summer, but it went out right in the middle of winter. And because it was a, a you know, a big project, and we couldn't just wait to have it fixed and wait, you know, so the pipes wouldn't freeze and everything. So we hired someone else to do it. Brian doesn't like Wex to spend money on things that he can do himself, but it was a, a matter of urgency. And then uh, the finance director said, oh, we received an unexpected gift to the general fund, which is how maintenance bills are paid. And it was for the same amount that that project was. Right. Wow. These things happen all the time. I mean, yes. the Lord is just looking wow. for so much. Wow. <laughs> wow. How much land is left now? You started with 60 acres. How much land is yeah, left? Not, I believe I believe it's 27 acres. Okay. Now. Very good. Because we also sold part of it to CLC Ministries, who um, they publish and, and sell Christian literature around the world. And we... WEC and CLC came to this property together. They bought it together, but then they decided to divide into two different ministries. And so they're at the lower half of the hill. Um, yeah, they're right below the hill, below us on the hill. And so they have part of the property too. You know, um, I got to tell you, one of the things that comes across the most to me since I've been a Christian the last 10 or so years, on top of John's equilibrium and positive spirits with Marie. I even see that in you, Penny, and a lot of the missionaries when I came up to visit. You know, uh, that's the amazing thing. You know, most people in the secular world are focused on the stress of paying bills and the stress of, you know, we need this, we need that. And you guys just have an internal peace about you with the Lord. Maybe you could speak to that. Well, I will say that I know I haven't worked for other mission agencies, so I don't know, but I find that it is a huge gift to not have to worry about um, appealing for funds because we go just to the Lord alone. And and if you are, if you're counting on, like even in our, you know, if you're counting on the government to provide for you, well, governments fail and they change their plans. If you're counting on individuals, their finances change. If you're counting even on churches, sometimes their missions, um, their vision changes and stuff, you know. But God doesn't change. And God has all the resources in the world. And Helen Rosevere, who I mentioned earlier, when she would need something, in her ministry, she would say, well, Lord, I need you to sell some of those cows on a thousand hill that, hills that you own, you know, and he always was faithful to do that. And I think we just think, I think that we see, I have seen so many more miracles in my life right now than I ever did before because I ask for them now. 
Ooh. I ask for a provision of my daily bread. And if we have all our ducks in a row, if we, you know, or if we have something or someone we can quickly run to instead of running to God, then we miss that opportunity. And I, I am so thankful for every person that the Lord moves to, to provide for every Wecker and every church that provides for them. Um, we're so blessed by that. Uh, I just love the idea of go to God alone for your request. And and also, um, I remember a lady going to share at a church, and she just said, wow, what a gift it was to not be allowed to talk about the money part, because I spent the whole time talking about God and how great he was and the work that I wanted to do in partnership with him, and um, instead of having to talk about my budget and everything else. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was, it's just, it's a, I think it's a gift, and God yeah. is faithful. I can't even begin to tell you. Something happened to us recently where uh, Brian and I, uh, notice that our son, our one son who's in college, um, he's in training to be a Bible translator, that he was running out of funds to pay his room and board. He has a full scholarship for the, for, for tuition. But, and so we sat down and prayed together and said, Lord, we just, we really need you to, to work some kind of miracle here. We have a sign above our living room window that says expect a miracle. And that's good. <laughs> and I like that. we prayed for that miracle. Less than a half an hour later, someone texted us saying that they had been inspired by a sermon at church and to reach out to other people um, in love with financial help and ask if there was some way that they could help us. And we just said, you know, our greatest, our greatest you know, the, what's on our heart the most right now is our son's expenses. And so they asked for information. We're free to talk about, we're free to give information if people ask for it. Right. And, and, um, yeah, and that person is covering a great amount of Jesse's uh, uh, expenses until he graduates. So, oh, praise God! That's wonderful. Yeah, beyond excited about that. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, wow, it builds your faith, doesn't wow. it? Wow. Yeah. Oh, it? yes, it does. And the first day we came here, when Brian and I came here, just to to be here and find out something about WEC. And we met with people like Howard McConnell, who was telling us the story of having no support, but he wanted his children to go to this Christian school. And uh, it was going to be $200 a month. And so he just prayed about it. And their first check they got was $200. Right? And so <laughs> just, you know, we heard all those stories. The first day we were here, everyone was telling us stories of God's provision. And even in that day, we were seeing God providing for us because when, when I came, I had prayed some very specific prayer requests about coming here we had a son with food allergies i had no idea how i was going to make all our food from scratch and work now here and would we have the the support to pay for organic food because he had that he can't mm. yeah he has a lot of issues so and the first day we came here there was a huge mound of bread that came in a donation <laughs> a food donation and it had labels on, and i was picking them off and they all were the exactly food that he could eat everything it was just like yeah the saying you i've got you well you know penny when i was up there i was telling john i thought it was like the taj mahal i opened my fridge you know the food that was in there i opened the cupboards organic this organic that i couldn't believe it and then i remember seeing that bread too when when john and i were up there uh i i just thought my goodness boy, boy does the lord provide he does he spoils us and yeah. you know again i just want to emphasize that you know, it's not because we're some kind of special people. I mean, we are all Christ etceteras, and God just put us here together. And I know as I was preparing to, to lead a celebration of our 70 years here, I looked through, you know, so many magazines and newsletters and pictures of the past, and, 
And if you, you look at them and you look at today, you think, wow, time has really changed. And, you know, we look different. And the pictures show we're getting older and our buildings have changed and things. Technology has definitely changed. It's pretty funny some of the things that we were using in the past. Even our name changed, you know, from Worldwide Evangelization Crusade to Worldwide Evangelization for Christ. But the questions that we've been asking uh, through the years, you know, uh, are, are basically the same. I mean, there were really funny questions, actually, in the magazine. I was laughing as I read things like, will man ever make it to the moon? And uh, will the Cold War always be cold? So these were things we were pondering. But um, even though we know the answers to those, we can see that we're not all that different. We still have many questions. And at this point, only God knows the answer to them. But we do know the one who knows the answers. He's faithful to tell us exactly what we need to know, when we need to know it. And he's faithful to provide everything we need as we take every step of this journey with him through that. And that's one thing I shared at the celebration is like throughout these 70 years, the one great constant in WEC has been God, who never changes. Um, you know, and and... As I looked through 70 years of history, one word just kept coming up over and over and over again, faithful. And, you know, despite seemingly insurmountable odds and impossible finances and all sorts of things happening, God just continues to provide for every need. And if I may quote uh, John Murtha, I just thought, you know, we continue to have this message to share with the nations and this joy, this peace. You said you, you see a peace in us like if we go out into the world and people see that peace, they see that joy, it, they want to know what is different about us. And I, I love what John said. He said, you know, when it comes to the task of making disciples of all nations, we must maintain the sense of urgency. And we had an ad in the magazine in 1952, and it's the same heart we have now, speed evangelism. The time is now, you know, and that's, that's what we're all about. We yeah. just want to continue to go. And if I could share another CP stud quote with you, um, this is one that uh, it talks to that same message, but uh, he's talking about how we have to we, ha we have to go and we can't delay. Is that okay? Sure. Okay. Believing that further delay would be sinful, some of God's insignificance and nobody's in particular, but trusting in our omnipotent God have decided on certain simple lines according to the book of God to make a definite attempt to render the evangelization of the world an accomplished fact. Too long we have been waiting for one another to begin. The time for waiting is past. The hour of God has struck. In God's holy name, let us arise and build. We will not build on the sand, but on the bedrock sayings of Christ and the gates and minions of hell shall not prevail against us. Should such men as we fear before the whole world, I before the sleepy, lukewarm, faithless, namby-pamby Christian world, we will dare to trust our God. We will venture our all for him. We will live and we will die for him, and we will do it with his joy unspeakable, singing aloud in our hearts. We will a thousand times sooner die trusting only in our God than live trusting in man. And when we come to this position, the battle is already won, and the end of the glorious campaign is in sight. We will have the real holiness of God, not the sickly stuff of talk and dainty words and pretty thoughts. We will have real holiness, one of daring faith and works for Jesus Christ. Wow. And Amen. that is the passion yeah. of WEC. And if that's your passion, you know, we, I'm so happy to be on the radio station because I just want to say to everyone, if that's your passion, we really welcome you to join us. You know, you can set aside the American dream for the dream of having the world hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And uh, God, he works the he works out the miracles. 
something else C.T. Spence said was, Christ wants not nibblers of the possible, but grabbers of the impossible. Yes. And we just invite people to join us as we grab the impossible with Jesus. (laughs) How would people join? Yeah. Maybe there's a listener out there that uh, wants to maybe go visit WEC or do a short-term mission, or maybe uh, somebody's even considering being part yeah. of a longer-term mission. I was committed. just going to ask that. I mean, do you take people in at any time? Maybe you should speak to that like John suggested, Penny. Sure. So people can contact us anytime. Again, I'll give the contact information, contact.us at wec-usa.org, or you can go on our website, wec-usa.org, and on that page is the Opportunities page, and it'll talk about uh, the different things that we have. First of all, we have the full-time um, I mean, long-term missionaries who want to go out, you know, for life, and they come and, and prepare. Twice a year, we have a 13-week orientation class. And so you come and you live here with us. And the, the reason that it's so long is that we really want people to become a part of the WEC family. And people feel that. When they're at the end of the orientation, someone today, one of the, one of the new um, workers said, you know, it's not just words. We've been here long enough. We see you guys really do pray for us, those who are going out. You really are here for us. This is a place we can consider home when we need to come back. And so we want them to really know us well, and we want to know them well so that we can really stand behind them when we go. And so they learn all sorts of things during that 13 weeks on missions and um, and about the wherever they're going to serve. And it's really a blessing. I, I loved going through the program myself, and I love teaching in it now. And so um, twice a year we do that. And then, um, then they, they go out uh, from here. And then we, um, we also have short-term uh, opportunities, a lot of short-term opportunities. Our short-term department will be thrilled to talk to anyone if someone wants to go out and just try a short trip. We have ones that are a week long. We have ones that are a couple months long, up to two years. So you can choose, um, and we have opportunities all over the world. And again, if you go on our website, you'll be able to find those opportunities. Or you, again, you can uh, write to contact.us at wecusa.org and just tell us a little about yourself. What are you looking for? Where are you interested in serving? And, and our first response to you will be happy to get back with you and help you to know uh, where you can serve. And then we also really need people to serve here at the sending base. Um, this is vital to the work of, of the mission. We have to have people in the background. Here, um, not only do we train people to go out, but this is where the finance office is. This is where the business office is. Um, we have member care here. Our missionaries sometimes go through really difficult things, and they can come back here and stay here and have counselors help them walk through difficult things. We've had people lose children. Mate, or one, you know, we've had, um, we have people whose mates have been martyred or, um, you know, just the stress of the work and they just need a break to come back for a little. Um, So we have a member care department that is really important. Um, And so we need people to come and serve here. We need people to work in mobilization, the short-term department, member care, digital media creation, uh, in the kitchen, in childcare, in maintenance, in missionary kids department, accommodations, finance office, IT, administrative assistance, pretty much, you know, let us know your skills. <laughs> so we really need people to also come here. And you can come as a volunteer to try that out first. So you can just uh, go to that same contact.us at wecusa.org and tell them that you want to be a volunteer and they'll get you to the right place, the right people to talk to. 
or you can like Brian and I, we just, we committed, we sold our house. We were full in but this was where our mission field was. This is where the Lord was leading us to serve. And so we've been here for 14 years and I can tell you that, um, we have no regrets. There were lots of hard things, but they do not outweigh the amazing blessing and the joys that have come from serving the Lord here. And um, yeah, and we would love to meet other people who want to come and serve as well. So Penny, if people come, um, explain like it could be a married couple or a married couple with children or a single person. Um, the headquarters there will provide them with housing and can you tell us about that? How many uh, how many adults are up there right now on staff, or how many children and schooling? Maybe just some of the practical stuff for some of our listeners that might be interested. Sure. Well, the numbers change every day, as you know, because people are always coming yeah, right. and going from all over the world. That's one of the other joys of, of living here is you just get to know so many people from so many cultures. It's just it's amazing. Um, and but yes, lots of people actually live here all the time. I would say, as far as adults, I'm going to guess, but it's probably around 40 or 50 living here now. Okay. And then we have um, we have children right now. We have as, as little as one year old. We have teenagers. We have in between. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so yeah, so if you come here to live, um, if you're going to work here full time, then there is housing available for you on on the hill. Mm -hmm. We call it the hill. And so uh, there's there are apartments for single people, apartments for families, couples. Um, if you're a single lady, you get to live in the castle, and you can be a princess. Oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and so, actually, the single guys live in the castle too, just a different floor. Um, and then you know you you say so you have your own private quarters. So during the day, we you know you're working with everybody else, and we do have community meals two nights a week that you can participate in if you want to for the fellowship. And that's always a really special thing, and especially when we have our that that runs when we have our candidate orientation training. So again, it's another opportunity for them to get to know you. And so you are you do live at the same place where you work um, and where you play and all those things because you're all on this campus. But you do have your own apartment. You have privacy there. And then, um, yeah, and then we just join together for the other things. And then as far as schooling uh, for children, it's, you, it's, you have as many, the same choices that you have anywhere else. There's a public school nearby. There's Christian schools nearby, other, pu other private schools nearby. You can homeschool. It's up to you. And the same with churches. We have churches all around here. Yeah, we're near Philadelphia. There's just churches everywhere. So you, you can choose the church that you want to be a part of. Okay, that gives us a good overview. You have a question about that, David? No, it's uh, it's an incredible story. Um, and just the joy, again, coming from you and, and the work you folks do up there and being around John all these years, I think that's also driven my faith to the level it is today. It needs to grow a lot more, but that's one of the reasons. <clears throat> is, yeah, is you know, I also love what you said. You're kind of relaxed about everything because you rely solely alone on Lord for funding and every all your other needs. Yes, and I mean it's not that we do it perfectly. I, I admit yeah. that there are times when I forget to, and I think, oh no. But then the beauty of that is it's not that it's not that our great faith makes things happen. It's that we have faith in a great God and He makes things happen. <laughs> Right. One, one thing do uh, also helps, David, yeah. is uh, on this question of faith and, mm -hmm. and, and, and looking to God for support. Uh, what I found out, like Penny says, we might not have a lot of faith, but when you're around other people that have faith, 
Yes. It has a contagious quality. Yes. And because yeah. when, when Marie and I, my family went up there, we didn't really understand it. I mean, really, I didn't really yeah. get it, you know, to a degree. I read the books and all. But then when you live it and you start saying, oh, I see how this, you know, and I see. And then, you know, there's this kind of sharing and this kind of uh, miracles. You hear these stories and that builds yeah. your faith. And then you start, you're into it. Then then. Then we go overseas and we're living, and then you know, then we come back and we're on home staff for a while, and you see it. And but what helps a lot, I found out, is um, is being around other people that have faith yes. and have lived faith. You know, so, dude, Jesus says, if you have faith the size of mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, "Be thou right. removed and yeah. cast the sea." A lot of us yeah. think we need faith like a mountain to yeah. remove a mustard seed. Right. You know, we kind of get it backwards. <laughs> right. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, but also, Jan, it's your knowledge of the supernatural and the miracles that come by following Christ. Well, you know, you're, 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 yeah, I think that's so important. It's not... Missionaries yeah. are being trained there yes. at the headquarters right. and going out into 60 mm-hmm. countries around the world. Now, these yeah. countries, uh, Wex motto is, 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 is incredible. 90 now, is, is, yeah. is uh, reaching people, planting churches. Well, who are we trying to reach? Well, a lot of them are unreached right, people unreached groups. People. So you're going into the enemy's territory. Yes. And that's why when we had Loretta on and others oh from gosh, Africa yeah. and Asia, yeah. and they, these stories they tell, just like the, the, the deliverance that was, you heard that Penny and right. those guys went into that room, that's kind of, I'm not going to say it's every day in a mission no. field, but it, it is demonically held territories. And when missionaries go in there with the light of the gospel, there's opposition, but we right. are we are equipped. We're equipped. You know, through Christ Amen. and through training yeah. that the Hill provides from veteran missionaries yes. that say, well, here's what happened and here's, yeah. you know. But, I mean, we're constantly looking to Jesus. He's, he's, <laughs> he's the authority and he gives the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. But my point being that yeah. a lot of... It's true with Christian faith. A lot of it is better caught than taught. It's better felt than telt. And one of the reasons we want people, to, new missionaries, to live up there, not just yeah. come up for a weekend seminar, is you feel it. You're yeah. part of the community. You're working half a day. You're eating together, as Penny says, the communal meals. Mm-hmm. It's powerful. I mean, it it's is. really, it's, 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 I, and I, I, this, the story of WEC and all missions, but WEC should get out. I mean, that's why I like using these airwaves. It's got a story to tell. Yeah, I mean, it's seriously, it's got a story to tell, and people should stop for a moment and prayerfully think, Lord, do you want me to to examine this? Do you want me to go to their website? Do you want me to maybe plan a trip up yeah. there to you know to meet some of the people? And right. maybe you have a, a long-term or a short-term uh, interest in missions. But WEC, WEC can provide you with that, with those, that access of training and, and sending that Penny's been talking Amen. about. Yep, absolutely. Penny, we just have a couple more minutes. Okay. I want to make sure you give out your information. Maybe somebody wants to get in touch with you and Brian. Brian's her husband. Yeah. Uh, I, I've known Brian. I mean, he's, he's like a genius in, in fixing things up he there. Is. I mean, you've you got to figure this thing is built. Yeah. What am I looking at? 150 years ago, Penny, this castle. <laughs> Oh gosh, I just to share that with you. Last time I was on, we were praying. One of the things I asked for prayer for was that someone, that Brian could have some help because he was the only full-time maintenance right, man right. for all that property. So we still don't have any uh, anyone who's permanent long-term, but one of our uh, workers who is delayed in, uh, in the States because of health issues, who is also a genius at fixing things. Wow. And, uh, he, he, we asked him if he would be willing to come and wait instead of at, in, at his home state, if he would come here to the Hill to wait during this delay and work with Brian. And he agreed. 
And what a blessing. Wow. Just having, you know, it's been a huge blessing. So thank you for praying for that. I would continue to pray that we'll get some people who come and see it, like Brian did, like, this is my full-time ministry for right. life. Like, this is what I'm doing. Right. Um, but, oh, man, Brian, he's just so much lighter having having this help. And I am so grateful. And, yeah, it's, so thank you for praying with us about that. It's been a wonderful blessing. Yeah, you can, so, again, you can you can write to um to WEC at the contact information I gave, but please feel free if anyone wants to hear our personal story, talk to me specifically. My it, mine address is penny.hood at WEC-USA.org. So that's P-E-N-N-Y dot H-O-O-D at WEC-USA.org. And I would be thrilled to hear from anyone to share our story. And like I said, someone said to me one time, uh, you have more prayers answered than anyone I know. And what I said was, I think I just pray more. Like I just, because we know, we see our need and we, and we know we're supposed to ask the Lord. And so it's just the, you know, the multitude of prayers going out. And John, you laughed and said you weren't sure if it was every day, but if you live here, you have the opportunity every day to hear yeah, about right. the Lord working. Right. And it is, it is such a huge blessing. And so, it is. yeah, I just encourage people to pray for us because we are, like you said, we are fighting in the enemy's territory. <clears throat> and also to pray for, for workers both here at the sending days and, and to go out around the world. We really, we have a need. We want so many more people to go. We need people all over the world. Oops. And we are, uh, we're looking forward to more people to train. And then also, yeah, as you said, John, just that they would just search their hearts and, and ask the Lord, is this what you have for me? Do you want me um, to use my life in, in a different way? Right. Um, and if the Lord is keeping them where they are, does he want them to be a part of the ministry in some way? Does he want them to become prayer partners with us? Does he want them to partner with someone here? In other ways, like, you know, that um, the Lord would just speak to them about it. Right. Um, Eric, Eric Ludy said, it's not the perfected man or woman who can be used by God. It's the one who is humbled and willing to say, God, I'm not much, but will you use this? And, and right. Little is much when God is in it. You know, we we're coming yeah. to the end of the program, Penny. Thank you very much. Uh, maybe we can plan another yeah. update in the 2023, God willing. Yes. Um, and David, uh, David's been up to the hill, and he's encouraging <laughs> other people around yeah. here to come up and just uh, stay oh, yeah. for a day or two because it really it changed your life, David. Did it? It not? sure in, did. In a remarkable it way. Absolutely did. And yeah. so, uh, tell Brian I said hello and everyone at the hill have a blessed. Christmas, a joy-filled New Year. Yes, Penny. God willing, Marie and I will be up there in time to teach CEO again sometime. I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting, March or April. But, I mean, we look forward Great. to it every year. And, again, Penny, anyone that calls us, we'll direct them to you, okay? Okay, thank you so much. It's been a real privilege yeah, to same talk here. to you guys today. Thanks, God Penny. Bless God bless you, God bless you and God Brian you. and your family, too, and all the Whackers. Let me thank pray you. right now. Okay. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this uh, interview with Penny Hood uh, with the Worldwide Evangelization Crusade in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Thank you for the work that her and Brian, her children, and all the staff up there do to equip and to send people literally around the world. I mean, CT Stud went to China, CT Stud went to Africa, and those are, t today, they're two of the biggest growth uh, places of Christian uh, Christianity in the world. So again, Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity. Bless 
Patty, bless Brian. I pray for workers, and particularly the maintenance and the, and the housekeeping to help up there at the hill. Uh, the, the, truly, the harvest is great. The labors are few. And the harvest really starts at the home men where they train and send missionaries to the ends of the earth. Thank you for Patty. Bless her this day and the staff up there. We pray all of these things for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, Patty. God bless you, Penny. Take care. Okay. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye.